This is a Federal News Network podcast. President Biden has nominated Kathy Vidal, an experienced patent attorney, to become director of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. One group says she's a good pick. Holly Fechner is executive director of a nonprofit group called Invent Together, which seeks to reduce what it calls the patent gap for women and minorities. And she joins me now. Ms. Fechner, good to have you on. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. And before we get to Kathy Vidal, let's talk about your organization, Invent Together. I didn't realize, I have to confess, that a patent gap with respect to racial and gender disparities was even a thing. Well, that's right. The purpose of Invent Together is to ensure that people appreciate that we do have a significant patent gap in this country, and it's hurting our economy and it's hurting the ability of us to succeed in the global economy. And what we're doing is trying to ensure that we have the research necessary to understand what these patent gaps are, and then to take steps in both the public sector and the private sector to try to close them. The USPTO found that fewer than 13% of people on a patent applicant were women. Um, And even more troubling, we don't even know accurate figures about people of color because this information is not collected. So we are dedicated to doing the research necessary to understand this problem and then to work with universities, other educators and uh, private companies to try to solve this problem. Yes, I guess the fact that you can't quantify easily the racial component of the patent population, if you will, is because they don't ask that on an application then, correct? That's right. Currently, the USPTO does not collect demographic uh, data on patent applicants. Um, They are able to do research into this area using name matching software. So researchers have basically done backflips to try to get the information that we need, but there's got to be a better way. Um, The Senate just this summer in June did pass legislation called the IDEA Act that would require the USPTO to collect information on a voluntary basis and make that information available to researchers so the progress could be made in this area. Invent Together strongly supports the IDEA Act, and we hope that the legislation moves to the president's desk this year. I would think, though, that fundamentally you want the numbers to rise for minorities, say, because more of them are submitting more worthy applications rather than having, say, some subtle bias built into the granting system such that oh, there would be... absolutely. The, the patent office... I think is well respected in terms of how they evaluate patent applications. Um, There's many components to trying to ensure that more women, people of color, and other underrepresented groups are inventing and patenting. Many things go into trying to change this dynamic. Yeah, I imagine it backs all the way up to, say, the urban public school systems where you want to inculcate a sense of wonder, a sense of discovery, and some good STEM knowledge and good That's language right. skills. You know, I think in this country we've we had a history because the concept of inventing and patenting is actually embedded in our Constitution. 
And we have had a history where we've revered inventors, but I think that's fallen off and we don't focus as much and encourage kids to think about this creative path as a career. So there are many things I think that can be done at the youngest ages. We've got some programs on invention education, which I think are just terrific and are models for other people to follow. And then once they have an invention that's patented, you have to make sure the PTAB doesn't take it away and hand it to China or something. But that's an issue for another day. We're speaking with Holly (laughs) Fechner. She's executive director of Invent Together. And let's talk about Ms. Vidal, Kathy Vidal, who is a well-known corporate attorney. I think she's with one of the big Silicon Valley offices of William and Strawn. And what do we know about her and why do you feel she's a good pick? Well, uh, we at Invent Together welcome the nomination of Kathy Vidal to be the director at the USPTO. This is an incredibly important institution as part of our government. We are an innovation economy and innovation really starts with inventions that get patented. And the USPTO I think is underappreciated in terms of the role it plays uh, in the economy. Vidal is a highly respected attorney in the patent field. She's experienced. She's both been in court on patent issues, but has also counseled uh, many clients over her decades-long career. In addition, she's an electrical engineer. So I think it really helps to have somebody who started from that kind of uh, technical uh, background We hope that she uh, gets a hearing quickly and potentially could be on the job by the end of the year. And Congress does tinker from time to time with the patent system. I think there was a major reform now, probably 10 years ago, that gave us that board, which it's controversial and there's some disagreement over how well it functions. But it was a honest attempt to try to get better at intellectual property protection and generation. If you could prescribe any adjustment to the patent system now, based on what you've seen, what might it be? Well, we are concerned about uh, diverse inventors losing their patent rights without the ability to defend them. And one, um, we have seen that the patent board has been used to kill patents at an early stage. So that is certainly a concern. Um, You mentioned the America Invents Act that created this board, and I think the intentions were very good. It was created as a way to try to speed the process um, and ensure that there was a real understanding about whether a patent was valid early on in the process. But we don't want a system that um, treats small inventors and diverse inventors Um, in a way that is not going to allow them to defend the inventions that they created. So uh, that that's a concern that and is something that that Vidal will, I'm sure, um, have some thoughts on if she is confirmed. Now, the administration is seeking to really plus up the budgets of organizations in the federal government, it feels, can help meet its aims, notably the IRS. Does it look like the patent office, and that's part of the Commerce Department, but self-funded, is adequately funded for the level of patent activity that it's facing and the just sheer amount of work it has to do? The patent office is funded by uh, user fees. 
So the real issue is ensuring that the patent office can keep and have access to the fees it collects. Um, so that is something that we're always concerned about to make sure that fees are not diverted uh, from the patent office. Tom, I also wanted to mention a really exciting development that just happened uh, yesterday. Um, I am on a working group that the USPTO and the Small Business Administration organized to try to understand the patent gaps and to develop a national strategy to address them. Um, we've been working on this for over a year. Commerce Secretary Raimondo uh, just sent a letter uh, to those of us on the working group yesterday saying that she is going to be chairing uh, a council for inclusive innovation. And uh, we're really excited about this because when you think about trying to ensure uh, equal opportunity for women, people of color, and other underrepresented groups in this country to invent and patent, we need a national strategy. And having Secretary Raimondo committed uh, to this mission is exciting. And I think Kathy uh, Vidal, if she is confirmed, will also be a key player in developing and implementing this national strategy. All right. Sounds like things are starting to be on the move again. Holly Fechner is executive director of Invent Together. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. It's been a pleasure. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual, actual uh, afloat commands. Uh, the first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And 
you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin. And what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I, we'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it. Um, From Sea to the C-Suite, fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career, but really it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention and it was, it was, you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions. Uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy, and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy, and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing, and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories. 
uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment, and it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book, and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons in, in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing, if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler, and to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast. We'll see you next time. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. Looking to expand or move your company? Look no further than Ohio. With a talented workforce for in-demand industries like tech, healthcare, engineering, manufacturing, and more, you can staff up and scale for growth. Ohio's central location and reliable infrastructure will help you impress your customers. While Ohio's affordable cost of living and quality of life will excite your employees. Why survive somewhere else when your business can thrive in Ohio? Visit successinohio.com today.